This programme is sponsored by the Wolves Disabled Supporters Association. Giant is stirring. The dream is being realised. Hello and welcome to the Wolverhampton Wanderers audio matchday programme. It's Wolves versus Newcastle United. As ever, we have messages from Bruno Larger and your captain, Ruben Neves, alongside an interview with Johnny and a more in-depth look at today's visitors. Welcome to the Matchday programme. It's Wolves versus Newcastle. First up, a note from head coach Bruno Larger. The matches keep on coming. We return to the Premier League this afternoon and welcome you all back to Molyneux for the second time this week, says Bruno. It was a very pleasing evening under the lights here against Preston on Tuesday, and we were all happy to make it into the next round of the Carabao Cup. We know what the meaning of the cup is for the club, and we have big respect for the competition, which is why we'll do everything we can to make it as far as we can. On Tuesday night, we played 45 minutes at a top level against a tough side who've not conceded a goal in five of their six games this season. It's also allowed us the opportunity to give more minutes to the players who've come back from injury, such as Nelson, Adama, Jao and Raul, as well as Mateus and Gonzalo, who are still new to the group and have to understand what we want from them. We were all delighted to see Raul score again because he's an important player for us. He started the pre-season really well, scoring twice in two games before his injury against Besiktas. So it was good to see him start Tuesday night, very well again with one more goal, while playing 80 minutes at a good level. Everyone needs these minutes on the pitch to be fit and ready because the competition never stops. In England, we have to be prepared to play every three or four days and we go again this afternoon against Newcastle United. I offer a warm welcome to Eddie Howe, his staff, players and supporters from Newcastle as we prepare for another tough test against a side who's begun this season in very impressive form. We know how Eddie wants his side to play and we saw that against Manchester City last weekend. They attacked one of the best teams in Europe right from the start and were very deserving of their lead. They showed no fear and we must be prepared for that this afternoon. Last season we had two very different matches against Newcastle. At Molyneux it was 90 minutes played in a good environment with a good feeling for us, allowing us to produce a good performance. We'll want to do the same today as we continue to challenge the players to come with the idea of how we want to play. The players understand what we want and they all believe in our ideas, but we need to put everything together and replicate the confidence we got from our win on Tuesday against Preston. The players have all enjoyed being back playing in front of you at Molyneux in the last few weeks. Never underestimate how much your support can help us push to achieve great things. Enjoy the game, Bruno. A message from your captain, Ruben Neves. Taking our chances. We're coming into today's game after a good result in midweek, where we achieved our target of getting through in the Carabao Cup, says Neves. Our goal was to win the game and progress against Preston, it's as simple as that. It was our first win in an official match this season, so it was very good for us, and in front of our fans as well. We know we have a lot of things to improve after watching the game back, but it's always nicer to work and analyse after wins, and it was good for our confidence. We spoke last weekend about taking our chances after Tottenham, and we created a lot of chances on Tuesday, but this time scored twice, which was very good. Now we have to keep on going, keep working on it, keep working on our game, and try to get the same result again in the Premier League now. Before the Preston game, the manager spoke to us and said everyone would be involved. We have a great squad here, so everybody needs to be fit and ready to play, especially now with five five substitutes. 
So everyone will be important to the team. Everybody needs to be focused and ready to play. It doesn't matter if it's for 90 or 30 minutes. And that's what we're doing. Everybody is pulling in the same direction. Everybody is waiting for their chance. And it's about working as a squad. It's important to carry this into the Premier League. We've worked well in the few days we've had since Preston and are arriving for today's game at full strength, trying to get our first win of the Premier League this season. Today we'll try to bring back the atmosphere everyone likes at Molyneux and try to make the opposition realise they're playing at Wolves, like we always feel when we're here. We'll have the fans with us, we ask them to trust in us and help us today because we'll do everything we can to get three points for them. It was a great atmosphere on Tuesday, as always. It's been a hard start to the season, even if we've been proud of the performances. There may have been doubts before the season started, but now the Premier League has begun, we need to be all together, focused on what we want to do. And of course, we count on our fans because when they're at full strength, it's so hard to play at Molyneux as the opposition. Together, we can make it happen today, and that's our main target, to win the game against Newcastle. After the final whistle, Ryan Aitnuri guides us through his usual post-match routines as he begins recovery following an outing in the old gold of Wolves. Back in the changing room. I call my mother and my brother, says Ryan. It's the first thing I do. I'll speak to them about the game. They will have watched. They tell me how I did. Reacting to a win or a loss. When we win, the team is very happy, but when we lose, I don't speak a lot in the dressing room, says Ryan. I keep quiet. I just think about what went wrong. Speaking to the press. I'm happy to speak in French, says Ryan, but I need to improve a little bit my English for the interviews. I don't mind doing them. This year I will do more in English. Starting recovery. After the game I get a massage and go in the ice bath, says Ryan, then use the game ready. I do a lot of things. I drink the right things. It starts straight after the game. Post-match food. After the game, it depends. If the next game is in one week, I eat McDonald's. If we have a game sooner, I'll eat healthier. Getting over a defeat. Just one day, says Ryan. After that, I need to focus on the next game. The next day when I wake up, I'm clear and I'm ready. Watching the game back. I watch it back because I know if I've done a good or a bad game. I watch for things to improve. I'll always watch it, no matter the result, on my own. Then with the staff the next day. Social media reaction. I have Instagram, not Twitter, says Ryan. Sometimes I look after the game, but not always. I don't look at the comments. I don't mind. Relaxing and recovering. I'll watch a movie or series, says Ryan. I'll stay with my brother. He lives here with me. He came when I signed, so it's nice. I'll speak with my family and friends and relax. Talking it through. I speak a lot with my father because he knows football, so can tell me what I can do better. The Visitors The Magpies Following a stunning second half to the previous season, which saw Newcastle United finish mid-table, Eddie Howe's men have begun the current Premier League campaign in similar impressive fashion, arriving at Molyneux unbeaten from their opening three outings. First Impressions Newcastle 2, Wolves 4, the 3rd of September 1898, Division 1 Newcastle United's history is forever linked with Wolverhampton Wanderers, When they played their inaugural First Division game all the way back on the 3rd of September 1898, it was against Wolves. The Old Gold travelled to St James's Park in front of 20,000 and were able to defeat Newcastle in a thrilling game that ended 4-2 for the visitors, giving Wolves their first win in a season where they finished in 8th place. 
Magic Magpie Moments Number 1. Are you not entertained? When a lot of fans look back to the 1995-96 Premier League season, they think of Kevin Keegan's legendary I would love it if we beat them rant. But what a lot of people don't remember is that Keegan had crafted some of the most eye-catching football English fans had seen in a long time, which led to the nickname The Entertainers. Newcastle looked to storm their way to the first Premier League title, which saw them score three or more goals in a game on 11 different occasions, but they were pipped to the title by Manchester United. Number 2. Sir Bobby arrives on Tyneside. Newcastle United's opening to the 1999-2000 season under legendary player Rude Gullit was one to forget for fans of the club as a disappointing spell saw them in the relegation zone. The club looked like they were in trouble until boyhood Newcastle fan and legendary manager Sir Bobby Robson joined the Magpies to help turn around their fortunes. Sir Bobby's five years at Newcastle were an undoubted success, with a third-place finish and legendary European adventures to Inter Milan, Bayer Leverkusen and Robson's former club, Barcelona. He left Newcastle a legend of the club. Number 3. The Prodigal Son Comes Home Alan Shearer is one of the most legendary names in the history of English football, currently holding the record for most Premier League goals, and is undoubtedly one of the greatest strikers to ever play in the Premier League. Back in 1996, he was one of the most coveted players in world football, but as a boyhood Newcastle fan, it was not really a surprise when Shearer decided to head home for a world record fee of 15 million. 206 goals later, and Shearer is recognised as arguably the best player to ever put on the black and white stripes. Number 4. Breaking the Top 6 Newcastle had a rough end to the 2000s, suffering their first relegation since the 1988-89 campaign, but the Magpies were able to cruise back to the Premier League under Chris Hewton with 102 points. Fans were surprised when Hewton was sacked and replaced by Alan Pardew, but his second season in charge really blew fans away. Pardew's side proceeded to shock the Premier League, picking up big results, eventually leading them to a fifth-place finish in 2012 and a spot in the Europa League the next season, where they were eventually knocked out in the quarter-finals by winners Benfica. Number 5. Intercities Fairs Cup Champions Young readers may be asking, what is the Intercities Fairs Cup? It's a European competition that went on to become the UEFA Cup and is now known as the Europa League. In 1969, Newcastle defeated Hungarian outfit Uzpesti Doja in the final, managed by former captain Joe Harvey. This would be the club's first and only European trophy, as they joined other English clubs like Arsenal and Leeds United in lifting the trophy in an era where English teams dominated the competition, including Wolves, who were runners-up in the first-ever UEFA Cup final against Tottenham Hotspur. Replayed. Wolves 2, Newcastle 1. The 2nd of October 2021. He Chan Huang hit a brace as Wolves were able to take three points at Molyneux back in October 2021. Huang scored his first Premier League goal at Molyneux, latching onto a through ball from Raul Jimenez, and although Newcastle were able to claw the game back through Jeff Hendrick in the second half, Wolves regained the lead once again through the link up between Jimenez and Huang. Scout Report The Magpies. It was another weekend to remember in a new era of Newcastle United, as Eddie Howe's men looked to have produced a shock victory over Manchester City, having held a two-goal lead with just over half an hour remaining. But back came the reigning top-flight champions, who reduced the deficit before snatching an equaliser. Despite the late disappointment, Newcastle will not be deterred from their attacking philosophy when they head to Molyneux this afternoon.
Newcastle 3, Manchester City 3. 21st of August 2022. Goal threat. Having found the net in almost half of his Premier League appearances last season, Callum Wilson has continued his form into the new campaign, scoring twice in his opening three games. However, the forward's hamstring injury could see Chris Wood make an appearance this afternoon. Assist King. It was a game to remember for lightning-fast winger Alain Saint-Maximin at St James's Park last weekend, as the Frenchman produced an eye-catching display to tear Manchester City apart and put the ball on a plate for two of Newcastle's three goals his first two assists of the season. Dead Bull Specialist It was a mixed bag of players over set pieces for Newcastle last weekend, as Callum Wilson took two corners before he was substituted, when Kieran Trippier, who also scored a trademark curling free kick to give his side a two-goal lead, took on responsibility. Midfield Enforcer With four tackles and seven blocks to his name at St James's Park, the most on the pitch for both sides last Sunday, Bruno Guimeras has been the heartbeat of the Newcastle midfield as he breaks up possession to put his team on the attack. Providing fresh legs Replacing Wilson with just over 20 minutes remaining last weekend, Chris Wood will be hoping to carry on his impressive record of scoring against Wolves if he was to be in from the start at Molyneux today while Sean Longstaff, Jacob Murphy and Emil Kraft also saw minutes against City. This programme is brought to you by the Wolves Disabled Supporters Association. For more information, please contact Dennis Green. You can find all the information you need at facebook.com forward slash Wolves DSA. Interview. Johnny. Spaniard enjoying a new lease of life at Molyneux. Last month marked four years since one of Wool's most reliable performers stepped through the Compton Park doors. The old gold revolution under Foson has brought a plethora of talent to the West Midlands, many of whom have attracted worldwide praise for their contributions in old gold. And one man who will always feature in those conversations, a picture of consistency, is Johnny. When available, the 28-year-old has quite simply never let Wolves down. Equally as solid in defence as a contributor in the final third, the Spaniard can swap wings with ease, mark the Premier League's best wingers out of a game, and provide a killer touch in front of goal, all of which we've seen this calendar year. So far, 2022 has been a year of relief for Johnny. Unfortunately, the same couldn't be said for 2020, nor 2021, when a pair of the cruelest ACL injuries robbed the Spaniard of a combined total of 16 months in his peak years. It takes a strong personality to come back from not one, but two agonising setbacks, but luckily that's exactly what the defender possesses. This start to the season is the first Johnny has been available for since 2019, and he's making up for lost time by savouring every moment. I'm so excited here, he said. It's my fifth year here now, but it's like the first year. I feel like a kid in the Premier League. I'll keep going and keep learning about everything because I love going to every stadium and playing at home. The injuries were difficult, of course, especially as they were close together, one to the other one. Everyone who's close to me was there to help me a lot. Teammates, physios, my wife, and this is the most important to me. Now I want to keep moving forward and try to play the most games possible. I don't think about this just in football. I try to enjoy the most I can. For many a year, Johnny made the left wing-back role his own at Wolves. However, with Nelson Semedo missing the latter stages of the last season and the start of this one, 
It's on the right where the Spaniard has been getting his minutes, displaying the versatility he brings to Bruno Lage's group. Between seasons, he's also seen his role transform from wing-back to full-back, adjusting to the head coach's change in system, and it's a move the defender believes benefits the team, as they now possess another tool in their armoury. We can play in both systems now, says Johnny. I think it's good for everyone because we have more options in a line of four because we have more players in front of us. We have a lot of good players in front and this helps us. Maybe we have more space at the back without the line of five, but if you have the ball, you defend with the ball and we work well with both systems. One quality option available now when he looks up is Matthias Nunes, who joined the club for a record fee just ten days ago and could make his Premier League debut at Molyneux against Newcastle United this afternoon. The midfielder was on display at Tottenham Hotspur last weekend, as was Johnny, and the signs of what is to come were there for all to see, particularly in the opening half. Nunes, along with fellow new arrival Gonzalo Guedes, helped Wolves dominate their hosts for long spells, often being fed by Johnny and his defensive colleagues. It's good, because every new player comes to help us reach our goal for the season. It's the most important, says Johnny. Good players like Matthias, it's good for us that they come. I hope he settles well into the team to help us get our goals. I played against him in pre-season and he was a good player in the game. He'll be a good player for us. We have great players in midfield, three from Portugal who are very good, very talented, and with all the team we can get our goals. Everyone is a pack here. A good dressing room, good teammates. I think everyone who comes here to play feels good. I think all the staff, all the people who work for Wolves are like a family. The man assembling that family is Larger himself. Johnny reported early for pre-season training alongside Pedro Neto, with their absence for much of last season in mind, allowing them to integrate into Larger's thoughts while fully fit again, which has allowed both to start the campaign well under the head coach. He works a lot on all things, says Johnny. He sometimes asks about football to see the many tactical sides. This is to try to keep us improving every day. I always try to take a little bit from everyone because all of them ask you to keep going to get better every day. Those tactics worked impressively well for long spells in the capital on Saturday, with Johnny so impressive against Son Heung Min. However, like against Leeds and Fulham, Wolves deserved more than they got, with missed chances a theme, but Johnny is confident that will change in the near future. We maybe deserve more points, but this is football, he says. Now we need to improve, face our targets and goals and keep working. We need to look forward and keep fighting. And his ambitions this season? It's always to try and play the most games as possible, of course, says Johnny, and to be important for the team. I want to be there to try and help them and to enjoy our work. Also, for us to try to fight for European positions and to be there. But it's hard for everyone. First steps, Leander Dendonka. Examining the clubs which handed the current old gold stars their first opportunity in the professional game, and Anderlecht, who handed Leander Dundonka his senior break, are next up. Professional debut. Anderlecht 1, Genk 0, 21st of July 2013. Dundonka made his senior debut in Anderlecht's 1-0 Belgian Super Cup victory over Genk in 2013. He started the game on the bench but replaced Dennis Preyat with nine minutes left to play and helped see out a 1-0 victory, earning himself a winner's medal on his professional debut. However, he was forced to wait over a year to make his league debut for the Anderlecht senior team, appearing off the bench against KV Oostende in August 2014. Their history. Anderlecht were formed in 1908, later than the likes of Belgian rivals Standard Liège, Club Bruges and Antwerp, 
but they are now the most decorated club in the country's footballing history. Founded by football lovers in an Anderlecht cafe, the club started in the third regional division, but by 1912, Anderlecht were promoted to the national divisions. Nine years later, they were promoted to the top flight of Belgian football, and they've not been relegated from the first tier since 1935. Their first league title came in 1947, and the year 2000 saw them claim their 25th Belgian top flight triumph. Their stadium. Anderlecht's stadium was renamed from the Constant Vanden Stock Stadium to Lotto Park in 2019, in the second name change in its history. Upon construction in 1917, the stadium was called the Emile Verse Stadium, after the industrialist Emile Verse, a generous patron of the club. However, upon its complete rebuild and renovation between 1983 and 1991, the stadium was renamed after then-club chairman Constant Vanden Stock. The stadium currently has a capacity of 22,500 and hosted the 1972 European Championships semi-final between Hungary and the Soviet Union. Their trophies. Anderlecht's tally of 34 top division titles is a record in Belgium, with Dendonka's first club the most decorated in the entire country. Their first ever trophy came with the league win in 1947, and they have also won the Belgian Cup nine times, the Belgian League Cup a record three times, and the Belgian Super Cup 13 times, including on Dendonka's debut. They have never won a European trophy, and their last league title came in 2017. Wolves Link Wolves have never played Anderlecht in an official competitive game, but they did face off in a friendly before European football was conceived. Stan Cullis's side played against some of the biggest teams in Europe between 1953 and 1958, and one of those friendlies was versus Anderlecht. As explained by the great late historian Pat Quirk in 2020, following the floodlit friendly against Anderlecht in 1957, all of the players were given a special watch. More recently, there is the link of the two clubs through Fabio Silva, with the Wolves striker currently on loan at Anderlecht for the 2022-23 season. He scored five goals and assisted a further two in his first seven appearances for the club. Disability focus. Mike. With complications from surgeries or trauma, spinal AV fistula can affect anyone, but is most common in men over 50. It's caused by an abnormal connection with blood flow and can cause swelling, decreased mobility and fatigue. Supporters attending football with this condition mostly use wheelchairs to help with their condition. Wolf supporter Mike watches the team in a wheelchair user bay in Lower Stan Cullis. Mike was diagnosed with spinal AV fistula in 2014, which took him from an avid squash player and runner to adapting to life as a wheelchair user. He has reconstructed his life with a new outlook and has changed his sport participation to wheelchair tennis and physiotherapy, including walking by pushing a wheelchair for shorter distances. For more information on accessibility at Wolves, please contact fanservices at wolves.co.uk. Favourite Wolves player? Steve Bull. Favourite away ground? Old Trafford. Favourite Wolves moment? The 2003 playoff final against Sheffield United. What Wolves means to me? Wolves has been a part of my life since the late 1960s, says Mike, and they will always be a part of my life. The Global Stage As the football calendar this season will be transformed for the Winter World Cup, we take a look back at Wolves representatives at major international tournaments from yesteryear. Today we take a look at David Kelly. The 1994 World Cup, USA. David Kelly representing the Republic of Ireland. 
With England having not qualified for the 1994 World Cup in the USA, many supporters of a golden black persuasion paid close attention to the fortunes of the Emerald Isle. That was because one member of the Ireland squad was Wolves forward David Kelly. Those pulling on the green shirt gave all their efforts in getting Ireland into the knockout stages of the competition, and although Kelly only played a small part in their group stage campaign, Ireland's run in the competition couldn't have got off to a better start. Having been eliminated from the 1990 World Cup at the quarter-final stage by Italy, not many people gave Kelly's side much of a chance of beating the Italians in their opening game in New Jersey. But Ireland got their revenge thanks to a stunning 1-0 victory, reversing the result from four years previously. Despite a 2-1 loss to Mexico and a goalless draw with Norway, in which Kelly came off the bench for the final 25 minutes, Ireland qualified for the last 16. However, that was as far as their campaign would go, with Ireland falling to an ill-tempered loss to the Netherlands in the heat and humidity of Florida. Wolves World Cup 5 aside, with the 2022 World Cup taking place during the middle of this season, we're ending the programme by asking those connected with the old gold to create their ultimate Wolves 5 aside team, but with an international twist. Each player has to have represented a different country. Next up offering his team is freelance football reporter and NHS communications officer Tim Nash. Goalkeeper, Marcus Hanneman. You need an imposing figure between the sticks, says Tim, and they don't come much more dominant than Hanneman. A huge physical presence, the former Reading shot stopper has the confidence and verbal capacity to match. He would have the agility to get down low to make important saves, as well as spot the throwing opportunities to get the team moving forwards. Also, along with Pat Jennings, one of the few people I've seen catch a football one-handed, which would look even more impressive in a five-a-side. Sweeper, Raphael Villazan. I could easily have gone for Morocco's Roman Saïs here, but I want to spread the love through the ages and reference Wolves' last trophy-winning era, even if he was signed the season a few months after winning the League Cup in 1980. Villazan struggled with the pace and physicality of the British game, but with football changing to a possession-based game, he would be perfect in a sweeper role. Comfortable in possession, Villazan would anticipate the danger, then pick a pass to transition to attack. Defender, Johnny. Versatile, mobile and two-footed, Johnny would be perfect for a successful five-a-side team, says Tim. With a relentless engine that enables him to snap at the heels of opponents with the bravery and strength to win tackles, he would always be there for his teammates, whether it be winning the ball back or finding the killer pass. And with a fine shot and an eye for a finish, the Spanish international would be able to pop up with a goal. Midfielder, João Moutinho. Wouldn't he be one of the world's best five-a-side players? Outstanding in possession and with incredible awareness, he'd always be an outlet for his teammates and be perfect for quickly turning defence into attack, says Tim. Moutinho would spot those clever little passes by slotting the ball into goal-scoring positions for the striker, as well as having a pop at goal himself. A born winner and possessing a great engine, he would demand to carry on playing until his team was winning, so he'd be perfect to bring home the glory. Striker, John Richards. Every good team needs a finisher, and they didn't come much better than JR in the top flight for Wolves, says Tim. Strong as an ox, brave as a lion, and as quick as a gazelle. King John would be perfect to convert the chances created by Moutinho, finishing with either foot or his head. 
and by picking him as an England player it would right a wrong in many supporters' eyes by adding to his one full cap of national recognition. The giant is stirring the dream.